Florence Pugh's hashtag free the nip moment, the toll of being a woman of colour in Hollywood, and the ethics of filming strangers for TikTok. We're Maggie and Jasmine, and you're listening to Culture Club, our weekly chat about pop culture, current affairs, the internet, and our lives. We acknowledge that the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people are the traditional custodians of this land we are on today. We would like to pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. This proudly always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Maggie, have you been feeling a bit existential this week? Always, yes. But in particular, yes, this week has been a major existential moment, I feel, in the air. What's with the moon or what's with the stars? Like, you tell me, please. Well, usually I'm more about like, it's a full moon in Capricorn, which was earlier in the week. But it also probably is due to the fact that NASA released the most detailed images of the universe that anyone has ever seen. Oh my gosh, yes. I saw these photos on Twitter. They are both beautiful and frightening. They're super like vibrant. They're almost, I don't know why it's giving me kind of 80s like space movie vibe. When I first saw the pictures, I thought they were so, so beautiful. I didn't think too deeply about them. I was just like, just thinking they're stunning, like just a pretty <laughs> nice sky. And then you, I think I was sending you like memes and stuff and you're like, oh, I just, it kind of freaks me out a bit. And then I started thinking about it, like reading about it more. And when I was reading mm. about it, that's when I was like, nah, this is freaky. I kind of wish we just stayed in the empty brain, pretty picture mindset. Mm. <laughs> Cause my first introduction to it was um, a tweet by Hank Green. And he was like, you know, every single like dot you see, it's a galaxy. Mm -hmm. Like of itself and then like the image I saw another I think he was a TikTok and the image just kept zooming out and out and getting bigger and bigger and so yeah that's how I first saw it oh my god so freaky so I wanted to learn more about these pictures because it's been a busy week and I feel like I haven't actually read too much so welcome to astronomy class with Jasmine Yay. Maggie so the pictures were the first to be released from the James Webb Space Telescope and James Webb is a person who ran NASA from February 61 to October 1968 and that's why NASA's next-gen space telescope is named after him. But anyway, it is the largest and most powerful space-based observatory ever built. Can you guess how much the camera that took those images cost? Well, I'm going to pretend I didn't see the answer in our show notes in the Google Drive that's like literally sitting in front of us both um, right now. But if I was going to guess, I would say like, mm, like $800,000. I tricked you with our notes. I just put that note there <gasps> so that I would remember the yes. actual currency uh, amount. It is $10 billion. Not me believing that the camera cost ten dollars. I was like, "What an <laughs> op shop find!" I am so gullible. This is actually so embarrassing. I'm so embarrassed right now. The most like details, million. detailed photos ever taken of the galaxy on a ten dollar camera. That's why I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> oh my god, yes, ten billion dollars, which is crazy. Um, so according to the Guardian, these pictures showcase the camera's ability to quote harness the gravitational forces of galaxy clusters to magnify far more distant galaxies behind them and this is the part that really freaks me out mm -hmm. um the picture of the galaxy cluster is nearly five billion light years away 
and it brought galaxies into focus as they were more than 13 billion years ago. I just don't understand like how they capture time. Like how do you capture 5 billion light years ago? What? I have no idea. Like that sounds so whack. I don't understand how that's possible. I don't want to think too much about it to be honest. Mm. Okay, one more thing to discuss. Mm Mm-hmm. In the second image, you might have seen it. It looks kind of like a massive cell and it's like got red flares kind of coming Mm. off it. But that camera analyzed starlight as it passed through the atmosphere of this hot Jupiter-like planet. The planet is called WASP-96b, which is very sci-fi. And it revealed the presence of water vapor, but the planet is too hot to harbor liquid water. And astronomers will use the same approach on smaller, rocky planets in the hope of finding worlds where conditions are ripe for life. So I'm like, is NASA admitting that they're trying to find other planets for humans to live on? Or are they just like looking out for aliens and like, this is interesting. I wonder if there's life out there. Um, With my totally non-educated brain in this space, um, I think NASA does a lot of sneaky things like they're working on a lot of sneaky secret Mm -hmm. things that we don't know about um and to answer your other question i think yes they're looking out there for life and i think that i believe that there is life out there just because the galaxy is so big how can there not be Mm -hmm. am i making any english sense (laughs) does that make sense how can then this is why we never talk about science (laughs) where's the kardashians (laughs) Literally. Um, But I think this is in a movie or something I watched. I like the way that they framed this question. It was like, yes, I think aliens exist, but not in the way that we think of them. So none of that that like green, green, elongated eye, UFO, kind of human extraterrestrial being like thing. I think we can't fathom what they are like. I agree. I agree. God, let's move on from that conversation. (laughs) Let's bring Culture Club back down to earth and talk about Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh wore a dress to a fashion show and a floodgate of angry commentators came for her. That's it. That's the entire story. Wearing a sheer Barbie pink Valentino gown, Florence was a guest at the Mason Valentino runway show in Italy. And on Instagram, she posted a carousel of her outfit alongside a lengthy caption calling out her haters. Before we get into all the drama, I want to know what were your thoughts on her look? She also sported this kind of slicked, slicked down, straight bob haircut with this incredible like chul dress. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I thought it was very brave and out there and like, yeah, she would have known that it would have gotten some attention and backlash. But like, I feel like that taking the free the nipple movement from Instagram to the real world, Mm. I think that's like a big step for it. I love that note. Um, Let's actually get into what she said for those who might have missed her Instagram caption. Um, So she, yeah, posted a carousel of her outfit to Instagram um, and she kind of started her caption by saying, you know, she was really excited to wear this dress and she knew that there would be commentary about it. She also said that she wasn't nervous even a little bit, like before she wore the dress, while she was wearing, wearing the dress or now after all this backlash has happened, which I really commend her for because I think this is like, that'd be so daunting and scary to do as a famous like public figure. Mm. So Florence says, 
It isn't the first time and certainly won't be the last time a woman will hear what's wrong with her body by a crowd of strangers. What's worrying is just how vulgar some of you men can be. So many of you wanted to aggressively let me know how disappointed you were by my tiny tits or how I should be embarrassed by being so flat chested. I've lived in my body for a long time. I'm fully aware of my breast size and I'm not scared of it. She continues, I'm very grateful that I grew up in a household with very strong, powerful, curvy women. We were raised to find power in the creases of our body, to be loud about being comfortable. It has always been my mission in this industry to say, fuck it and fuck that, whenever anyone expects my body to morph into an opinion of what's hot or sexually attractive. Grow up, respect people, respect bodies, respect all women, respect humans. Life will get a whole lot easier, I promise. And all because of two cute little nipples. What did you think of it? I didn't ask you what you thought of this dress. Um, yeah, so I thought the whole look was really gorgeous. I'm obsessed with this trend of barbiecore pink. Um, we saw Anne Hathaway sporting something um, similar around the same time as well. Okay, and I want to kind of flesh out how I think about this whole um, moment with you because I want to make it really clear. I think it's super cool um, that she was confident enough to wear this gown and also like, you know, have her chest out and also that she felt comfortable enough to share like such a powerful message like this okay so I want to make that clear very happy with this but then I don't know why it just gave me 20 like 14 vibes this used to be the types of conversations we had about feminism I feel like close to a decade ago like especially Mm. on tumblr free the nipple was such a such a big thing like I feel like we've had this conversation Mm. um but I'm rethinking my thoughts here just because what you said before, like taking it offline, I guess, and having this free the nipple kind of movement or this moment in person, like mm. there is a difference there, I think. Also, this is less of an indictment on her and more so her haters, but there is still a part of me that's somewhat like iffy because she still is like a very conventionally attractive, rich, thin, blonde woman, like And the reason I'm pointing that out is that snippet that we read out previously when she's like, oh, fuck it to, you know, for anyone. What does she say? She says, fuck it whenever anyone expects my body to morph into an opinion of what's hot or sexually attractive. I understand. I think maybe because she specifically said opinion, it makes a difference. But I think Mm -hmm. like you are attractive and I wonder Mm -hmm. if she can, like does she kind of acknowledge that or, you know, she's talking about finding power in the creases of her body which makes sense like all power to you individually but also recognize that you have like a conventionally attractive non-disabled body and like a lot of privilege in that body but maybe they're two separate conversations but then I guess they like always overlap like a Venn diagram I guess Mm. what do you think am I being too harsh I don't think you're being harsh I kind of felt similar like when I was like, oh, people are upset about it. It just felt like a non, almost non-event when I first saw the pictures. If she got the backlash, good on her for speaking out against the backlash. But if she had posted that picture like just by itself when there was no backlash and made a whole song and dance, like maybe that would be different if she was like making it more of a thing. And I also think, um, I don't know if you have opinions about this because, you know, this is at a fashion show 
she has a smaller breast size, but that is what is kind of lauded over in the fashion mm-hmm. world. You've written about this multiple times. Like if she was a runway model kind of sporting that, because we see this on runway quite mm-hmm. a lot, like you'll see nipples and stuff. Like I feel like it's not even a thing, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's also why I didn't like formulate my thoughts enough on this, but that also made me feel a bit funny as well. I was like, if you were a plus size person or like, I don't know, had double D, E, F boobs, like I think it would have been more, like more, even more of a reaction. But then she also might have been sexualized more because women with big breasts Mm. tend to be. So I guess you can't like put things on her. Like she is who she is. She looks how she looks. And like this is her opinion and her like experience with this backlash. But yeah, when I originally saw it, I was like, it looked like an editorial moment or a runway moment. Um, it didn't seem as out of the blue, maybe if she existed in a bigger body. But at the end of the day, that is the body she has and this is what she wanted to do and what she wanted to wear. So I don't know. I sometimes feel like it, it's not productive to put like other expectations onto that. Like she's having her experience right now and maybe you just need to listen to that rather than trying to put our like lived experience on top of that. Yeah, that's like the other half of how I'm feeling too, mm. right? It's like we what else do we expect? Like this is her life, this is her body, this is her lived experience. So um it makes sense that you're speaking from that capacity. Mm. It's also been really great to see a lot of celebrities kind of speak out in support of her as well. One of which was Bridgerton star Reggie John Page. He shared the post to his own Instagram story and also wrote Take a look at yourself, fellas. Then take a look at your mates and step up when it's time to step up. When the boys are out of line, have a word. The weird thing about misogyny is men actually listen to other men. So do your bit. What did you think about that post? I mean, I think it's good when guys um, speak out because I think you're right in the sense of like us, especially as like progressive women, we're like, this feels like a non-issue. We're, we're all for breasts just being breasts Mm. so it's nice I think for someone outside of that sphere to actually make a note of it I'm not overly cynical I mean like it can be seen as a nice PR move there were a few articles Mm. written up about just like him speaking out about this but I'm like no that's nice what about you yeah I agree I feel like it's not productive again to like attack people who are trying to just like do the right thing Just a content warning for our next segment. It features themes of suicide and poor mental health. Taiwanese-American actress Constance Wu has recently opened up about her attempted suicide in 2019. So just a couple days ago on July 15th, um, she posted a lengthy message on Twitter. So this was her first time um, posting to social media in three years because of an incident in 2019. So let's just backtrack and go back there. So I didn't actually hear about this until this week when I was reading about this week's news. Did you hear about Constance back in 2019? What happened? I don't think so. I think I remembered her being unhappy about the renewal of Fresh Off the Boat, which we'll get into just to provide more context soon. But I didn't remember like the hate Mm. that surrounded it all. Basically, Constance received a wave of public backlash when she tweeted her annoyance about her show Fresh Off the Boat being renewed for another season. 
The actor tweeted at the time, quote, so upset right now that I'm literally crying. Ugh, fuck and fucking hell. Which if you just read that, that could be seen as like a happy thing. Like, no, <laughs> I like if it got, oh, I guess said upset. But, you know, when people yeah. like start, like happy news, like, oh, my God, I'm literally crying. Like, oh, my God, fucking hell. <laughs> but maybe Close. Not. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, with hindsight, maybe I'm just like, yeah. No. <laughs> okay. So at the time, a fan responded to that saying it was, quote, great news, to which Constance replied, no, it's not. But she now describes that as, quote, careless of her. We'll read out some of her latest message now. I was afraid of coming back on social media because I almost lost my life from it. I felt awful about what I'd said and when a few DMs from a fellow Asian actress told me I'd become a plight on the Asian American community, I started feeling like I didn't deserve to live anymore, that I was a disgrace to Asian Americans and they would be better off without me. Looking back, it's surreal that a few DMs convinced me to end my own life, but that's what happened. Luckily, a friend found me and rushed me to the ER. Constance then continues and talks about how mental health is still a taboo in Asian communities. Um, She actually came and wrote this Twitter paragraph to promote her new book that she's written, which kind of touches on this as well. So our colleague Saliha Iqbal wrote about this for Pedestrian TV and we asked her to read a snippet out for us. Representation as a social concept is a double-edged sword for women of colour. Our communities often leverage their support like a threat. Be the representation we want you to be and we will love, support and uplift you. Choose your own passions and you'll be punished and ostracised. Constance Wu's story should be a reminder that ethnic celebrities or literally any people of colour with platforms don't owe us representation at the expense of their own autonomy and well-being. We're not entitled to them in their lives. And more importantly, our racial identities are inalienable. They can't be gatekept from you. You're never inadequate representation by not playing to stereotypes. You never stop being Asian or South Asian or Black just because you choose yourself over your community. And your racial identity sure as hell can't be stripped away or policed by other people of colour who feel entitled to you. The safety and happiness of that person should always be more important than wanting to see ourselves on screen. Representation should be a shift in the zeitgeist, a concept that gives us underrepresented groups more opportunities to break out of the stereotypes, not a vanity project for our own egos. I would like to hear your thoughts on this. Don't feel like you need to like mine up your like racial trauma, but um, like, do you feel this pressure as an Asian Australian woman? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because when we look back at Constance's nine, uh, 2019 tweets um, that were seen as really rude and ungrateful, right, when we read them um, without the context of what we know now, like I'm like, oh, my God, like that is quite brash of her mm. to tweet out something like that. Like shouldn't you be grateful to be on this show, um, you know, especially because uh, I've watched Fresh Off the Boat. I love it. Um, and it was definitely one of the first or one of the very few uh, sitcom TV shows that centers uh, an Asian family. So, yeah, it's very dear to a lot of Asians. So I, I felt like it mellowed or sullied the – I guess, the image of the show because you want it to be perfect. As an Asian person, when we don't have that many um, TV shows just catered to us, you're like, oh, my God, Mm -hmm. like this has to be the best, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And we put a lot of emphasis and a lot of our personal pressure onto the show when that is like totally uncalled for. Mm. That's definitely something that like, you know, there's a lot of white privilege in um, not having to think about those things, right? Like 
just the mental space of like representation and things like that it's um I can imagine that yeah you do have that thing of like oh this has to be like good for like Australian TV because then Mm. more things will be made with Asian representation and therefore we'll see more visibility etc um and of course as a white person I do think about that for other TV shows but like it's not front of mind it's like I don't have that weighing on my shoulders which um is obviously a privilege yeah and I mean there are so many strides I think especially in Australia with Asian representation Mm -hmm. um so we're really oh god I was gonna say lucky I know it's like which is like to say yeah Yeah. ironic to say that right Mm. maybe ironic is the right word but like you shouldn't have to feel lucky exactly it should be default yeah but and I think it feeds into this whole situation with Constance because um yeah so she's a child of immigrants and I think a lot of us have this like yeah lucky to be here mentality so the way that she actually spoke out and stepped up um and vocalized what she wanted from the industry rather than just being grateful for the like crumbs handed to her like what a power move um and I think that should be respected even though she wasn't polite about it like honestly like that's okay because we're especially Asian women are very much forced into being like meek or polite honestly so um I think I had to question my own reaction when I saw Constance's 2019 tweets and I'm glad I had to We've all seen those TikTok videos, whether it's a homeless person being given food or someone paying for an unwitting stranger's groceries, it's clear that kindness porn gets a ton of interaction and views. And it was only a matter of time before someone spoke out against the kind of creepy videos. So before we get into this one particular incident that has been in the news this week, I actually want to talk about this like genre of video because I remember on YouTube back in the day, these videos, um, okay, these videos were really popular. There was also like their sinister breed where like guys would go up and like hit on women publicly and all that gross stuff. But then there was also this seemingly like nice, kindness point as you put it side of things um and I used to enjoy watching these oh interesting even when you see it on reels or tiktok like even if you don't follow the content sometimes when those do pop up you can just stop in your tracks a bit and be like oh that's nice um but I think you can tell the genre like when it's a young like teenager like doing and just like their demeanor like I feel like you can tell the difference between someone doing it for the views and someone genuinely doing it completely um but do you want to give a rundown of the Mm. viral video that people are talking about this week yeah so in melbourne this week a woman who goes by marie was sitting alone in the food court enjoying a coffee living her life looking at her phone when a young man approaches her this young man in question is 22-year-old Melbourne-based Harrison Pollock, a TikToker with 3.2 million followers at the time of recording. So in the video, he approaches the older woman and asks her to hold a bouquet of flowers for him. Marie admires the flowers while Harrison is going through his bag. Then he tells her to have a nice day and walks away, leaving her with the flowers. Now when you look at the video, this appears to make her tear up. 
but in hindsight, she just looks confused. And the video is captioned, quote, I hope this made her day better with the hashtag wholesome (laughs) vom. The comments, of course, were immediately pitying the older woman. People wrote, I watched this so many times. Her reaction is so precious. And she was definitely going through something. And those flowers made it a little better. Oh, that's so embarrassing Mm -hmm. of us. So after the video went viral, it's currently got 63 million views. Marie went to the ABC and explained that she actually felt violated. As Harrison walked away without the flowers, Marie realized she was being recorded. When Marie asked if this was true, the people behind the camera said no. So Marie told ABC, Quote, he interrupted my quiet time, filmed and uploaded a video without my consent, turning it into something it wasn't. And I feel like he is making quite a lot of money through it. This part is so sad. So she like has the flowers, right? She takes them home, even though she didn't want them. Um, She's like cutting the stems, putting them in a vase. And according to the ABC, when a friend rang to tell her the video had been viewed 57 million times and had elicited thousands of comments suggesting she was a sad sack and a lonely woman who really needed that moment, she threw the flowers out. Marie then told the ABC, I didn't want to carry the flowers home on the tram to really be quite frank, which I have to say is super relatable. I hate carrying things on tram, like Marie gets it. Um, but the story continues to kind of get worse because tabloids actually began reporting mm. on the viral video, praising Harrison for his so-called kindness. The article read, old woman, elderly woman, heartbreaking tale. Marie said, They got this picture of me supposedly crying, but it was just a horrible expression. I feel like clickbait. And this is like the most fire quote. When I read it, I was like, oh, yes. She says, it's the patronizing assumption that women, especially older women, will be thrilled by some random stranger giving them flowers. Mic drop. Marie really did drop the mic with that one. And I think this... The fact that it was an old woman that it gave the flowers to, I think, really plays into our, like, ages culture, that anyone over 60 sitting by themselves must have some, like, tragic sob story and, like, their partner's died or, like, they have to be so unhappy because they're not young anymore. They're not in their prime anymore. So, obviously, they need to be, like, pitied with some flowers. Um, So, I don't think it's a coincidence that a 22-year-old man chose this, you know, older woman to give the flowers to. So Harrison's team actually gave a comment to the ABC and that read, he offers flowers and pays for complete strangers' groceries. And while cynics may claim it's for views, Harrison simply has a personal commitment to helping people feel more connected and trusting. They also mentioned that um, because these videos are filmed in public spaces, like here in Australia, they technically do not require consent. The statement continues, having said that, while he has only so far encountered gratitude, if someone is upset, then they should feel free to personally email him. He would not want something designed to spread love and compassion to cause anyone concern. And this is so frustrating because like that first part of the statement being like, no, this isn't for views. This is out of like the kindness of his heart. Well, then if it is, just do the good Mm -hmm. deed or whatever you want to call it and do it without filming and posting to your 3 million TikTok um, 
followers because you know exactly what you're doing. You're playing into this narrative where you look like the good guy and then that these like your sad, sad side characters that are totally. like unwittingly part of this story. Totally. And um, there was another story by Pedestrian TV that kind of got into like some Reddit threads that are going around um, at the moment about how more of these stories are coming out and how like you don't know anyone's situation like that like and then the content like it's lovely to like pay it forward pay for son's coffee pay for groceries like we all could use it in this economy but the way it's then framed on tiktok is like i like paid for this woman's grocery and she's like a mom of four and like you know she was so grateful like maybe she was embarrassed like maybe she was confused um, and you can edit things so slightly to make it seem like the other person is having a different reaction to what they are, like this video is an example. And, like, sorry, I'm really going to just nitpick this, like, statement apart because the way that his team was like, I want people to feel more connected and trusting, you are literally breaking that trust. You were using this as a weird scheme like it is a lie especially when Marie mentioned that she had actually asked the camera people like Mm. are you actually recording this and then they flat out denied that Um, I was talking to Tom my partner about this and he was like oh like he always thought that they had to sign consent like before or afterwards Mm -hmm. um, at the very least but that's just not the way we were taught yeah we were taught that in media school like always having these like consent forms with you at all times when you're filming in public spaces, like even outside the library, if you interview anyone, they have to sign a release form. Um, and I just think these TikTok, you know, the ones who like go to shopping centers and they're like, what do you think of this? And then they like yeah. shove the microphone in like some 16 year old girl's face. Yeah. Like, oh, they're so, so annoying. But at least the person being interviewed knows it's being recorded True. for an interview, right? A little bit of a sidebar, but I also have a bone to pick controversially with the rise of um, Australian street style videos on TikToks under anonymous accounts. So you might have seen like Melbourne fashion, Sydney fashion, Melbourne street style, Mm -hmm. all these accounts that are popping up and the whole shtick is recording people without their knowledge or consent and posting it in the name of like good style, etc. Sometimes faces are cropped out, sometimes they're not. And I just think I feel uncomfortable about this because again, there's no consent here. Mm. Am I taking it a bit too far because I'm in street style has always been such a massive thing again with varying degrees of consent um yeah thoughts I think humans love to be voyeuristic and I think deep that's why we watch like reality tv and vlogs and stuff because we always but then again like they know they're being recorded right but um I think our love of those street style like anonymous things and the fact that they're more popular than um, when people go up to others in the street and say, what are you wearing today? Um, is because of like the anonymous factor and also like, oh, I could be being filmed right now without my knowledge. And like, I could make it onto those like popular accounts. I don't think I have an issue with them personally. I've never thought that deeply about those ones because I don't, I mean, the person who's recording is still getting views, but they're not gaining as much clout as like this Harrison guy who then has, you know, 
thousands of comments stroking his, his ego, like they know his full name, he's the face of the account, um, stroking his ego going like, you're such a great guy, like more people should be like you. I think that's, yeah, super different. Mm, that is very true. I'm like, honestly, uh, my mind's not fully made up about this because there is again like such a spectrum of this style of mm. accounts what if the person behind uh, like Melbourne fashion or whatever is this like see the 50 year old man who's like filming predominantly young women for this like mm. for this content um, but like that being said I also love the TikTok account Garden State Journal who stop really I was literally yeah, thinking of that uh, <laughs> as you were talking um, I was like oh wait is that does that mean Garden State Journal or like bad but I love I love those videos so much but they feel a bit more artistic than like well, this is a thing. So if people haven't seen Garden State Journal, it's um, a Melbourne specific, again, kind of street style, but more like human interaction mm-hmm. documentation account where the person behind it um, films this beautiful, just moments captured in different mm-hmm. suburbs of Melbourne on like a professional camera. And it's really like emotive. I don't know. When I first saw it, I thought it was like from a movie almost. Um, but at the crux of it, it's people, everyday people unknowingly being filmed, going about their everyday lives. What if someone's going through a breakup and like that just makes like I don't know. There's there's a few, I don't know how I feel because I love those videos. Did you notice um Wendy Seifert's partner on on the video? No, I didn't. So a few Dude. months ago we interviewed Wendy Seifert who is um a journalist and author. And I was watching it and I know her, like, partner's face through Instagram. I think I've met him once. Um, but anyway, I was watching Garden State Journal and his face popped up. I, like, copied the link and sent it to Wendy. I was like, is this your partner? Like, on some <laughs> random, you know, video account? And she was like, oh, my God, yeah. Um, she was like, that's him and his best friend. But, like, what if he was, like, with someone else? Like, not I'm saying, like, Wendy and... <laughs> then you know he's cheating or anything but like um what if in that situation you know you're like oh my god I saw like I saw Tom on Garden State Journal and he's like <laughs> hugging and like making out with this other woman Literally, like Tom that can ruin lives because people are being filmed without their knowledge right I know yeah and I mean look there's so many things about this but also I just remembered remember last week you found a photo of me at a and mm. on an art institution's website let me just be broad like that and I felt like you saw my reaction I was like affronted and like quite annoyed and like not upset yeah but not happy about it totally that was so random I was sitting next to you at work and researching for a story about animation and I searched this website and the only article that came up featured you and it was like a tiny little thumbnail and I was like oh my god Maggie, isn't this you? And you're like, what the hell? Like, I didn't even know that photo was taken. Um, Did anything ever come of that? No, I didn't. Like, see, again, I'm not like Marie. I didn't um, end up reaching out because I just didn't want to cause a fuss almost over a photo. But I did feel a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, Yeah. that my photo was taken without permission and then used without permission. And, Mm. yeah. Okay, I feel like we're getting into, like, yeah all sorts of conversations which is like what we love right um and I also just want to say you should check out Garden State Journal if you're into those videos um because they're super artistic but I want to finish with some 
quotes from Virginia Trioli from the ABC, who was actually the journalist who interviewed Marie on the radio. So like two days after that interview kind of made the news cycle, she's now written an opinion piece. And it reads, I've seen videos of men with their heads down, bagging the last of their groceries as someone silently swarms into view, sneakily swipes their own card across the reader and then disappears stage right. One such man, upon being told that his groceries had already been paid for, was bewildered and rattled. Oh, I have to go find him and thank him, he started to the cashier, grabbing his bags and now feeling compelled to abandon whatever plan he had for himself and instead find a random stranger in a sea of faces. The comments, of course, told a different story. Thousands of presumably younger followers moved to tears by a moment of kindness that is only ever real if it's filmed in 16 times 9 and uploaded with comments enabled. As one of my more acidic listeners observed, if you do something nice for someone but you don't film it, did it even happen? Maggie, what do you have to recommend for us this week? Yes, I have a podcast after I feel like an eternity since I've last recommended one, but I'm recommending Maintenance Phase. Have you heard of this one? I've seen screenshots, but I've never listened to it. The the phrase, like the name Maintenance Phase, like kind of um threw me off. I thought it was like about diet culture, like well, it is talk, like kind of lauding diet culture, okay. yeah. Well, it is about diet culture, but not in the way that you thought, thank goodness. Um, So maintenance phase debunks wellness, diet culture and weight loss like programs and whatnot. Um, And the reason I got started on this was their most recent episodes are actually on Pete Evans. And this is an American-based podcast. Um, Yes. And this was recommended by one of our co-workers, uh, the music editor, pedestrian, Courtney um, before we boarded the plane uh, to go to Sydney this week everyone's like what material do we have saved lined up for uh, this you know 90 minute flight so um, I was recommended this and boy am I glad I got into it so the podcast is hosted by two people Michael Hobbs who was actually one of the creators of your wrong about podcast which lots of people love I would almost say it's literally you're wrong about but about diet culture which is mm-hmm. sounds niche but it's really not like there's just so much to cover here it's also hosted by Aubrey Gordon who is your fat friend on Instagram <laughs> sorry that is that is her username <laughs> so if you don't follow Aubrey on Instagram I highly recommend it she posts really informative things about fat phobia and she's just a great creator to follow so this podcast maintenance phase is really entertaining insightful and funny but um, while it's super entertaining, it's also really well researched and structured. Like, oh, it just blows my mind how much thought they put into each episode. So far, I have listened to the said um, Pete Evans one. I've also listened to one about the Australian blogger who faked cancer, Belle Gibson, um, as well as an episode on Super Size Me, that documentary um, from a while back. Um, loved every episode so far. I also think as like a straight-sized person, it's really beneficial to mm-hmm. keep, I guess, dismantling fat phobia in our lives. Um, and yeah, I'm learning so much, but really, really, really loving it. Entertaining, insightful and funny as well as well-researched is like my favorite genre of podcast. <laughs> They're so smart. Like these two people mm. are um, really like woke and progressive and they just know their shit, which just mm. is really great to hear. 
Yeah, I also really, I feel like Super Size Me made such an impression on me when I was younger. Like, I thought that was such a fascinating documentary, like someone going that far to show how bad something is for you. So yeah, ooh, I'm excited. I'm listening. Yeah, definitely do. Um, And this week, what are you recommending for us? So I'm currently like halfway through two books and I don't want to recommend until I've finished them. Um, And we've been in Sydney this week, so I haven't watched any bloody TV. So we are going back a little bit and I'm going to recommend Sunbathing by Isabel Beach. She probably thinks we're like fully obsessed with her because we have recommended (laughs) this book about five times on like four different platforms, four different publications. But it is one of our favorites of the year and is getting super well-deserved recognition at the moment. So it is a debut novel by Melbourne writer Isabel Beach and is set between Melbourne and Italy. And her writing is just so palpable and well-written. The story follows a young woman whose father suddenly dies by suicide. Overcome by grief, she travels to Italy to stay with her friends and there are a couple who live in the Italian countryside. And I only found out recently when I was reading a Vogue article that she was featured in that it is based off her own experience. And also Isabel wrote this whole manuscript before she had like a publishing deal and um, just gave it to friends because she has rat friends. Um, She used to work at Vice um, and, yeah, gave it to some friends and then – then they were like, you should like try to get this published. So she was like giving out like full written manuscripts to publishers, which I feel like that's so incredible to be able to do that, like have a story fully formed and then be like, here it is. Like, do you want it or not? And I think that's probably contributed to its success a lot from observation, of course. I don't know. But anyway, I've seen lots of our friends reading this and talking about this as well. So um if we can get more people on the sunbathing train the better it's just I couldn't put it down it was like the I feel like it's a book that's got me back into my reading habit which I always love when you find a book like that and then you start reading more completely I'm gonna piggy off your recommendation because I actually borrowed your copy after you since you've raved about it actually what was super cute of you you actually sent me um a page and a paragraph of her writing and you know sent it to me because you thought I'd like it and I definitely did um Oh, it's such a fantastic book. I agree. It kind of got me out of my reading slump um, because while it was super well written, it was also like easy to read and get through. It wasn't like a slog. Mm. Um, and I think one of my favorite things about it was how visceral it felt. Like we, well, at least I read it during Melbourne winter and being able to pick up a book and feel like you're being transported mm-hmm. to Southern Italy, like, in Oof. the summer yeah like, that also yeah read it a lot gosh it felt so good like it felt rejuvenating almost to read this book even though it dealt with such heavy topics mm-hmm. um, and themes but yeah I really highly recommend this sorry <laughs> it's your recommendation but I do too we both recommend yeah lots to keep you busy over the next week yeah but otherwise we hope everyone has a great week we'll be back in your ears next week and just want to say thank you to all the messages and comments we've had from people saying they're glad we're back like it's so nice to know that people are enjoying this because we don't do this you know as a job like it's definitely um out of love and so it's nice that you guys appreciate it so anyway thanks for your messages we always screenshot them and send them to each other and yes do crying emojis (laughs) yes 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 big caps 
loyaler moment between us two. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for that. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.